Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Deanna Schober, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. I am so happy that you are here, and we're going to talk about yo-yo dieting, body image, food, all that good stuff. Uh, But before we dive into all that, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you got to do what you do. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to midlifers because like I was telling you before we started, where are you guys? (laughs) I can't find you anywhere. Um, They're right here. (laughs) I know. I'm so glad to have found my people. Um, So I am... What am I? <laughs> yeah, what am I? Oh, where do I start? <laughs> where do I even begin? Well, let me start by my, telling you, I guess, my story, my background, mm-hmm. and how I ended up here is um, like most of us who grew up in like the 90s, uh, maybe the 80s, was obsessed with my body starting from the. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. I remember being in a dressing room with my, with my mom when mm-hmm. I was probably in first grade and like, she went to go get me a slim pair of jeans and I got excited about it. Like I, I remember being that young and thinking about these things Yes, and, uh, had my first, um, eating disorder when I was 14, Aww. which at the time I thought I was old, <laughs> you know, but looking back now, now that I have kids around that age, I realized how crazy young that was. Yeah. Um, but I started experimenting with, you know, it, those of us who grew up in the nineties remember that, um, our role models were Cindy Crawford, Ella McPherson, um, Kate Moss, you know, heroin chic. And it was cool to be tall and skinny. And I was all about MTV, MTV house of style and all these things. I was watching all these shows and, um, being heavily influenced by that and was constantly, I was pear-shaped. I always have been. Mm -hmm. And so just me too. Obsessed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> obsessed, which like now is in style. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I tell my daughters, you don't know how lucky you are. But um, <laughs> at the time, you know, I was like trying to starve myself into be looking somewhat like them because it felt like that's where the acceptance was. That's where the worth was. Um, and as a young girl trying to grow up and figure out who you are, this is what we were told over and over again. You're, you need to be this. And this is what's going to make you valuable in our society. This is what's going to make you beautiful, acceptable, um, admirable, those kinds of things mm-hmm. that you're craving when you're growing up. And we didn't have any role models. And my mom, you know, the boomers who came before us, also even more obsessed with dieting yes. than yeah. we were. My, I grew up with Weight Watchers. Uh, my grandmother measuring yeah. her food on a scale, on a Weight Watchers scale. Yeah, I was just thinking, and I was like, oh my God, yeah, Weight Watchers. And that whole thing like really came out about like we're in our mom, moms, right? Like that's yes. about that age and the yes. Jenny Craig thing. The Jenny Craig and uh, cons. I mean, if you think back, I was watching an old episode of The Real World, um, the Los Angeles yeah. Uh, the yeah. old Los Angeles cast. And Tammy had her mouth wired shut in an episode. So yes, I remember that. Liz, wait, and this is the crap that we're we're growing up with. And this is what I was heavily, heavily influenced by. So yeah. it started back then. And then in my 20s, uh, I became a mom really young at the age of six days after my 22nd birthday. I had my first mm-hmm. child. And um was just yo. I spent my twenties yo-yo dieting. Um, 
which was just kind of an extension. I still, I had developed this really unhealthy relationship with my body as a teenager. And that just got worse and worse and worse as I got older, as I put on weight for my pregnancies and then tried to diet it off and was Mm -hmm. successful, but then I would gain it back. And then, you know, just going through the yo-yo cycle over and over and over again. Um, just my relationship with food was getting worse and worse. I was either like emotionally eating or trying to follow these strict rules and trying to get this weight off my body, force it off my body and just living in this constant state of always thinking about my body and always thinking about food and exercise so that I could control it. And it was exhausting and, but it was all that I, all I thought about and everyone around me was doing the same thing. So it wasn't like, I felt like it seemed like it was more, it's normal then. Right. Yeah. It felt totally, this was the norm. It was on TV and it, and this all got worse in like the early two thousands. If you can remember the thin actress trend, you know, it got even worse, you know? Yes. Then then like a lot of the anorexia and became almost normal too. Yes. And putting, women on the cover of us weekly who had just had their baby and like, look, they're already in a bikini. That was the norm back then. It just was so, it was just, it was life. And so it it felt normal. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that it was, that there was anything wrong with that. I just thought I was like every other woman that I knew. So, um, fast forward. Um, I had three children with my first husband. We got divorced and it was miserable experience. I, um, it was very traumatizing. And I started to kind of tune into my body a little bit and pra- start to tra- practice self-care just to get myself through that. It happened at the same time that my dad was diagnosed with a brain tumor. It was just all Ugh. this stuff. And so I got into like, okay, I've got to take care of myself. I got away from like thinking about my body for just a little while. And through that process, I lost weight. It stayed mm. off because I was just taking care of myself. Um, And so I was doing okay for a little bit. And then I met my husband who I am still married to now. Um, and we got together and, um, started dating and I didn't realize it at the time, but he was in an active eating disorder himself. And so we met and he was into bodybuilding and, um, he really loved like, going on a 12 week plan where he would eat chicken and broccoli every day and he would lean out or, yes. you know, whatever yep. they, call, <laughs> they call that he would cut. Yep. And then, um, but then he would go on these 30 day binges where like, I remember we went to New York, um, for our first trip together and we had breakfast out and he ordered cake at the end of breakfast, along with like, like pancakes <laughs> and all this other stuff. He's he ordered like- cake. He's like, we're on vacation. And he would, um, it was, I didn't realize it at the time. And I don't think he did either that it was a binge eating disorder. Mm. And so being around this, I was really influenced. I had never fully recovered from my disordered relationship with food, my disordered relationship with my body. Um, and so it was very influential on me. So the two of us together, like fell into horrible eating disorders together. I Ugh. developed what I think was, I was never officially diagnosed, but I think it was orthorexia where I was obsessed mm. with healthy eating and exercise. Mm. Um, I would do the same thing. It was not to the extreme that he was, but we would like, we would go on cuts together and then we would, um, you know, have weeks of, it, it'd be like, okay, let's like, let's go to the store and get some jelly beans. Let's go to the store and get some, you guys, you two were like joining forces on your, oh. on the eating disorders. Yeah. It was like, we like, were, yeah. Interesting. We were feeding off of each other. Yeah. It was yeah. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> pun intended. So, um, it was really, it got really bad. Um, hmm. he ended up, um, seeking help first. And it Mm. it was in the form of just like, I can't take this anymore. He would gain 30 pounds in a month, um, just from, from the amount of food that he was eating. And, um, I would never was anything extreme like that. I definitely leaned more on the restrictive end of things. Mm. Um, but it was just a constant thinking about food. And so we, he started, he, he found, um, a book about binge eating disorder where the suggestion was that food is not like drugs where you're addicted to it. It's right. you, he was trying to, to treat it the same way as he would treat drugs or alcohol. If he had that problem, like sobriety, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it was mind blowing. He was like, this book says to let yourself eat the things and to not beat yourself up over it. Right. Not to label it or uh, attach anything to right. it. Like a broccoli's broccoli. Like it's broccoli's not- broccoli. <laughs> broccoli's candy broccoli. Candy. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's not good or bad. It's just a thing. And it's, it was a, it was a really a big eye opener and it just made sense. Yeah. You know, Food sobriety was not working. Sugar sobriety was not working for us. It was making everything worse. And so we started to recover together. And that Mm. was when, you know, it was, our energy was really bad when it was, it was really negative when it was, um, when we were unhealthy and sick, but then it became really, really great when we were both growing together and learning together. Um, so in the middle of this recovery, we, um, he had become a very well-known <laughs> weight loss fitness blogger. He mm-hmm. uh, had the website called Coach Calorie. And mm-hmm. so big. he was getting millions of hits every day, um, was just highly in demand, was getting interviewed for like the Today Show, all this stuff. And behind the scenes, you know, we're, we're both trying to recover from um, everything that we had been yeah. through. And so we're learning on our own. And then we're also, at the same time, we started our our coaching business where we were coaching women Mm -hmm. through, um, you know, calorie plans, macros plans, meal plans, that kind of a thing, where we were just assigning them, you know, the typical fitness coach, we're assigning them, here's what you eat, here's how you exercise, you will lose weight. And we were seeing Mm -hmm. that we were seeing that they were having the same problems that we had been having, but it mm-hmm. wasn't to the extreme that we were having. It was like on a spectrum, we were at the extreme end, but they were still having the constant thoughts about food. Yeah. They were the um, worry, the stress, the, worry. the yeah. uh, angst. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, they were coming to us to try to fit to, it was like, I want to lose weight, but the undertone that we were not. I think acknowledging at the time was, Mm. I don't feel worthy and I need to earn my worth by losing this weight. And then they would lose the weight and they still didn't feel worthy. (laughs) It was, it was, yeah, they're like, (laughs) it was such a a shallow experience. I don't mean that as like a negative judgment, but it was just, it was a very shallow experience for them. And so they were, they would still search. And also they were gaining the weight back almost Mm -hmm. instantly. And it was just, it wasn't working for them. And, and we were at the same time, like having all these epiphanies behind the scenes about ourselves and our lives and having epiphanies about relationship with food and how that works and kind of the psychology behind all of this. Um, and so at some point we both decided to walk away from that hugely successful practice. And we kind of sent out a, an email to, um, our very large email list, um, and said, listen, we've, we have it all wrong and we have yeah. had it all wrong and, mm-hmm. and we're learning this and we're, we can no longer be a part of diet culture because it was making us sick. Mm-hmm. We believe that we are, um, contributing to making our clients sick. Um, mm-hmm. we're not helping. Uh, this was at the same time that my dad had, had passed away. So I, I, oh, I, I was having like yeah. an, an awakening about like, yeah, yeah, in a good life? way. Yeah. Yeah. Like it well, was so and, and obvious. Really learning, um, how precious life is. And I always yeah. say too, like death reminds me more about life and the, and how important yes. it is. And so I can see that how brave of you to, <laughs> to actually go, Hey, this ain't Braver working. It's actually, stupid. You know, it's more than the, <laughs> yeah, it's more than the calorie counting. Yeah. It's so it much deeper than well, that. And that's actually, yeah, the most important part. We, you know, I got up at my dad's funeral and not one, my dad struggled with his weight his whole life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not one person was like, you know, I really liked Bob because he was a, a small in a smaller body. Like I really yeah, yeah. appreciated this about him. Like yeah. not one person mentioned his looks at all, except for like, you know, I loved how he, his eyes always looked like they were smiling Right. or there was, I mean, there was just so much, we loved his essence. And yes. also his health was important because it was a reason mm. why he had struggled and suffered for so many years after his brain tumor was because of his health. And so everything just became crystal clear. Yeah. Like, this is what's important in life. 
this is what people are going to talk about when I'm on my deathbed or when I'm right. at my funeral. And this is what is important. This is the your quality of life. And yes, your health is important. Your body is important because it dictates how you experience the physical realm, right. but also it's not your, your worth or your value. There's so many other things that make life beautiful. It's faster. Yes. It's music. It's experiencing fun in your body. Yeah. And think about this, like the, the amount of time and energy that a lot of us spend thinking about food, thinking about our bodies, like just yesterday, I think it was yesterday, I did an Instagram live and it had to do with um, your clothing and how your clothing makes you feel and the amount of time that we spend just on that. Yes. But it's even more so with our bodies and our weight and how this muscle looks or that muscle looks and all the, it's like, it's so stressful, but we make it stressful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is just changing that perspective. Right. And right. I mean, really can't like for you just hearing your story and thank you so much for sharing. A lot of it was changing your thoughts and you having that aha moment, like, wait a minute. It's so much more than just all of this, the meal plans and the calorie counting and and getting back to life, really. Right. Yeah, we're missing out on on the good stuff because we're yeah. so obsessed with well, and what I tell my clients is like, I understand why we're chasing these things. Society has told us yes. that this is where it's at. Yep. This is where the happiness is. It's with money and having things and having people like you and think you're great. But yes. when you actually get those things, it's a surface level hit that you need more and more and more of. And it never fully fulfills you. But what does fulfill you is like sitting down and having a great pizza with somebody that you love. Like that is an awesome experience. And like your husband's, yes. And like your husband's realization, like it's broccoli, it's pizza. Like just eating the pizza and really having the gratitude for it and not worrying like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'll admit I had pizza last night. Mm-hmm. We have it every Saturday you know now. And it's funny because like years, years ago, probably I, I would have thought like, if I eat this pizza, it's going mm-hmm. straight to the thighs. Right. Yep. And now I'm like, you know what? This pizza that I'm eating here in Portugal tastes so freaking good. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to think about. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. what I have found for me that when I'm not thinking about what happens if I eat this or should I eat that? Or, oh my God, I got to get in a bikini next week. And when I'm not worried about all that stuff, I naturally maintain my weight or lose weight because I'm just happier, not stressing about it all. And I think I had read or heard, who knows, some type of um, statistic about the amount of stress that we put on our bodies from the yo-yo dieting. Like, yes. okay, I'm going to like gain some weight and then I'm going to lose weight and, da, 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 and that causes more stress on your body than actually just even carrying around a little extra weight. It's the truth. I mean, there's yeah. so many statistics and studies coming out now that show that the yo-yo dieting is worse for you than maintaining a, high, a yes. higher weight yes. in an overweight range. It's terrible for you. It slows your metabolism down. I mean, but and it's just mentally so dysregulating. Oh. And you, you, every time you go through a diet, not only does your metabolism get worse, your ability to stick to the diet gets worse. Mm. And your relationship with food gets worse. And that's like, if you are the person who is like, I can't trust myself around food. If I let myself have sugar, I'm eating the whole thing. If I let myself have a chip, I'm eating the whole bag. That's not because that food necessarily, I mean, I'm sure that there are some situations, but 95% of the women who come to our program, who Mm. think that they're addicted to food, when they um, heal their relationship with food, it's less intense. And then (laughs) you can sit down and you can have one or two or a handful of chips, however much you want. I have a handful of jelly beans every night. Not, mm. you know, I, I could <laughs> eat more jelly beans if I wanted to, but I know now that like eating too many is going to make my heart race. It's going to make me, yeah. um, it's going to make me feel bad. And right. I can only do that now because my relationship with that food is no longer intense. Yeah. And then also it's about becoming more mindful and conscious of 
what you're eating or, you know, I mean, and I've done this before too, where you're just like subconsciously walking to the refrigerator or, or unconsciously, I should say. And you're like, oh, next, you know, or, or you're all of a sudden, like you just went through an entire, you know, thing of M&Ms like, whoa, yes. how did that happen? So, yeah. and if you're more mindful and conscious of it, you're like, wait a minute, let me just get a little bit. That's all I need. And, and even too, if we're just sitting down for a regular meal and not eating so much to where you just feel like, ugh, you feel miserable after. Right. Or not eating enough and still feeling miserable because you're still kind of hungry. Yeah. And of, and, instead of just like, okay, let, I think it's like thinking of your body as the vehicle that carries your soul throughout this life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's like the food is the fuel. I got to, yeah. I have to give this vehicle some fuel so it can get through the days and get through life and do all the crazy things that I want to do. Um, so, how do you start with someone that, how do you stop the yo-yo for someone? Well, uh, we have a very specific system. And mm-hmm. um, for us, what we have found is it's a, there's a, we have a set of philosophies that we follow to, I mean, it's, it's, it's our lifeblood in our program. Mm-hmm. Um, the first phase is that you have to decide that you're never going to diet again. You're done with it. And the thing about it is a lot of women have heard like dieting's not good for you, or you shouldn't yo-yo diet or whatever. And they don't think that they're dieting, but mm-hmm. dieting mindset is the only way that they know how to relate to food. Because like I said, we've been in this diet culture since we were children yes. and everyone, including the healthcare industry. I have so many women who come to me and their doctors have put them on a 1200 calorie diet or have told them mm-hmm. to do paleo or have told them to intermittent fast, um, which we're not hundred percent against any of those things, unless right. it's turns into a yo-yo diet, which for a lot of us, it's going to, because all we know how to do is yo-yo dieting. (laughs) So getting out of a diet mindset, just understanding what that looks like and understanding Mm. what diet culture has done to us by giving us strict rules around food, no flexibility, no self-trust. The whole idea behind dieting is that weight loss should come at any cost, Mm -hmm. um, that you have to suffer through some rules and suffer through um, some very black and white guidelines, uh, in order to get this goal. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is like, in order to maintain your weight and your weight loss, you have to be able to do it for life. And so if you're only, if you're buckling down and doing it for 12 weeks, a lot of people think, well, then I'll go into maintenance mode. And we have just found that there's no, there's no such thing because there's so much psychological backlash to the diet part, the part Mm -hmm. where you feel restricted, where you buckle down that psychologically you cannot get away from the side effects of that, which is yeah. an, an heightened relationship with food and heightened intensity around food, which means binging and overeating. And that's mm. why we gain the weight back. So getting out of a diet mindset is step one. And then we work to heal their relationship. We have four relationships that we work on in our program. Mm. It's heal your relationship with food. That's mm. number one, <laughs> where we start, because it's it's become so intense for so many people. So we work um, on getting them into that state of permission, you know, like yeah. that we talked about neutralizing food relationship, mm. um, getting into a, uh, a, 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 an intentional state of mind, intentional eating mm. and making sure that, that women are fueling themselves. Cause with diet culture, they've learned to eat these tiny little like yogurts for breakfast. Yes, and yeah. Like it's like all low calorie, especially the Gen Xers and the boomers are so, we've been taught wrong. And it's like, you would not believe how hard it is for me to get women to eat food <laughs> yes. that satiates them. But we are, our criteria for that is satiating. It mm. leaves you full for three to four hours, satisfying. Like you're not mm. just choking down food. You like, I was just telling a client yesterday, your, your filter is that you would pick this meal off of a menu. Like this, mm. you like it so much that you would pick it from a menu. You're not just getting through it or enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you don't feel satisfied with your food, it will, that builds up and builds up and that's why you binge. Um, And then nourishing. So whole foods, 
fruits and vegetables, those kinds of things. Yeah. Just to, I, we've got to I always say like, it's like aisle one in the grocery store, right? Like just yeah. go to aisle one. It's usually yes. aisle one, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Know, like, go around the perimeter just hang of the out grocery store. Anything you want there. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels so good in your body. Like, I, I think that, um, we've been so focused on how many calories it has, the yes. fruit and vegetables. And we've developed this very negative relationship with it because it's just like this thing I have to do mm-hmm. in order to lose weight. Or I mean, even in order to be healthy, it's just, it feels like a chore to eat those things. But right. when you really t- like a major philosophy of ours is enjoyment. And yes. so when you really tune into what fruits and vegetables do to your energy levels and how you feel and just almost mm-hmm. have that mental satisfaction of like, I have all these great enzymes going through my body right now that yep. are just nourishing my, my cells. And you mm-hmm. think you shift your mindset around food and what it's doing for you. Um, it's, it's very self-motivating. So, well, and I was just thinking too, especially, you know, midlife, uh, and for the women out there that are listening, going through perimenopause, which is kind of a new term and then menopause, those two things alone, even if you have a healthy relationship with food, your body is going to go through a little bit going through all that stuff. Right. Through all the hormone changes. So learning a little bit more about your body and the foods that help your body through all that, mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference. But if you yeah. do add in, like if you have a poor relationship with food or with your body or whatever, that can even, and then the stress with that can yeah. put even more onto the hormone, you know, the hormonal fluctuations and all that, that your right. body's naturally going to go through. Exactly. And that's yeah. the thing is that this is this is the foundation that everyone misses. I can tell you I can tell you right now as we age we need more protein. We need yeah. fruits and vegetables. We need more strength training. We need to prioritize strength training and less cardio. Like I we know these things. Anybody can go on yeah. the internet and figure these things out. And the women who come to me are like, I know these things. I just don't understand why I'm not doing them. Mm. Um, and it is, it's your relationship that you have with those things because of diet culture has taught us to relate yeah. to them in this certain like chore like way, black right. and white suffer through no excuses, kind mm-hmm. of a mindset. Um, so that's what we're really doing. We're focusing on healing your relationship with food, with your body, mm-hmm. like really getting women. This is my biggest, my biggest, I mean, it's just sad. It's uh, sometimes I, I have, like, I'll take a week where I'm just like, I'm just sad this week because God, it's, it's so exhausting to constantly be trying to convince a woman that you are more than I the know. Shape of their body. I and know. You know, women- it just hit me too. Like we were, you're talking earlier about just kind of how things have progressed or however you want to look at it over the decades. And then I think what's made it worse too are these phones because yes. think about it, we're receiving information so much faster than we did mm-hmm. like when we were teenagers, right? And because of that, I mean, you go on Instagram and you'll just, you know, swipe up once and you're going to see some girl in a skinny, you know, skinny in a bikini. And you're like, oh God, I look like yeah. shit. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then you go on Facebook, there's ads. There's So it's compared to how it was when we were, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. and we're growing up, we, all we had mostly was either magazines or television. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now here it is. We've got our laptops. We've got you know the cell phones. We've got it's everywhere. It's even more so than it was before. Yeah. So all it's, the more reason to like really, really like yeah, you have a yeah. you have a big job in front of you. No, I do. I have a really hard job. <laughs> it is huge. But yeah, it, like, I mean. And, but when you can get some, and when you can get yes. a woman who uh, I had one uh, in my program who was 70, she turned 77 while we were working together Aww. and she had been trying to get down to her weight from before she had children, you know, when she was in her thirties, she was had for, for 40 something years, she had been trying to oh, lose this God. weight. And I, I was like, I am not going to stop working with you until I have convinced you that your body is not your worth. Like I yeah. am not, I'm not stopping until we do this because I'm you. not, you are going to spend the rest of your years happy and feeling worthy and feeling fulfilled. And it was one of the hardest jobs that I've ever had because 40 something years of programming yes. in a certain way, um, is really, really hard to rewire, but it can be done. And we did it. Yes. 
Yes. You know, we had to have some real heart to hearts and these are emotional conversations. The healing your relationship with your body section of our program is the most emotional. It's the the part that women have the most difficulty with, but it's the most rewarding. Yeah. And it's uh, really about loving yourself and loving your body and loving who you are and being grateful for yourself. And women, I think, unfortunately, are the worst at, you know, giving ourselves a little pat on the back. And yes, you are beautiful. And yes, you are amazing. And and yeah. yeah. And and that goes to show the the woman at 77, you know, it it can be done. So it doesn't matter how many years of programming we know with not to get geeky here, but with neuroscience and neuroplasticity, yes, you can rewire your brain. Mm -hmm. Yes. You make new beliefs about yourself. It definitely Mm -hmm. can happen. It takes work, um, but it's so worth it. Right. Yes. If they, I always tell them, I'm like, just follow what I tell you to do. I know it's going to, it's all going to feel counterintuitive, but immersion is so important. Anytime you're trying to rewire your brain, being around other people, um, our program is a group program. So we come together twice a week as a group of women who Mm. this is our goal is to heal our relationship with food, their body exercise, and their mind. Your mind is like the dieting mindset to a self-care mindset. And the whole goal is with the body relationship section is to get away from my body is my worth. My body is my value because Mm -hmm. honestly in our society, it is, that's what the world is going to tell you that it is. It's yeah. We live in a fat phobic society. We live in a patriarchal society that it's where we have been told, you know, to stay young, to stay youthful, to stay skinny. Mm -hmm. And this is the program we've been given and there's privilege to being thin and there's privilege uh, to be had, but we have to decide at what cost and what do you want more? You know, do you want to, and I'm not saying never try to lose weight at all. We help women do that all the time, but it's from it's not because we're trying to lose weight either. It's because we start to take care of your body. We yes. get away from I'm controlling my body and we move into I'm caring for my body. I'm yeah. loving my body. I deserve this. I want to feel good. I want to feel my best. And it's a totally different mindset that's very motivating. There's no more checking boxes off a list. It's just, this is what I do because it feels good and because I need it. Yes. And it's more of an effortless approach. F- we uh, Our m- mantra, my clients are, if they're listening to this right now, they're all going to say it along with me. Easy and effortless. Easy, <laughs> Easy and, effortless. and effortless. Yeah. Easy and I effortless. I have people, I had a client say she wanted to have it tattooed on her arm. <laughs> Easy and effortless. Because if it's not easy and effortless, you can't do it for the rest of your life. So no. it needs to feel, we don't want to be thinking about food all the time unless it's time to eat. I don't want to be thinking about mm-hmm. my body unless it's like I'm getting dressed or I'm being grateful for what it's given to me. Um, and that's, it's a total rewiring. Yep. You know, I, um, I'm sure you've heard of blue zones, right? All the research. Uh, not yet. No. no. Oh, Tell okay. Me. So cool. So uh, I think the gentleman, Dan Butner was the one that had did all this research of um, centurions, people that live past a hundred and the blue zones are, I think the 10 areas in the world of where they live, oh, okay. where most yeah. people and their relationship with food and with their bodies is very, very healthy, which is why they were able to live past a hundred. Yeah. And so eating just foods that are are good for their bodies, not overthinking yes. it. They yes. do a lot of cooking, all of that. But I wanted to talk about exercise mm-hmm. because a lot of people won't don't want to move their bodies because they're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I have to exercise. And going back to the whole thing with centurions, the blue zones, none of those people that live past the hundred joined a gym. They don't, they don't quote unquote exercise, but instead they just move their bodies. They're cleaning the house. They are walking to the store. They are just doing things with their bodies. So again, kind of changing that perspective about exercise and just doing good for your body. So yeah, let's talk about exercise (laughs) and people like, I don't want to exercise. I don't want to move my body. Yeah. Because from, uh, again, from the time that we're tiny, it's not, and exercise is twofold because it's not just that diets have taught us like burn the most calories because that's true. Like we've been told exercise is about burning calories. It's about the number on your treadmill screen. It's about how many calories you've torched. You know, I remember my, my body, uh, wait, what is that? Like turbo jam with Celine back in the early 2000s. It was all about torching calories, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, we that's diet culture has made it this thing that we just do. We get it over with. We do it as hard as we can so that we can yes. burn the most calories. And so we're exhausted afterwards and we're sweating. Um, and it's like nervous system is like crazy. And the also we have in elementary school, middle school, sports in high school where you're getting punished with exercise. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you, at my daughter's yeah. school, I had a, fit with their, with their teacher, because she, if she missed an assignment, she would have to miss recess and do laps and they would have to, in, ah. in uh, volleyball, they would get punished for losing a game. This is crazy. We, we quit volleyball after this. Um, <laughs> they, she, when she was 15, they would punish them for losing a game by doing nonstop floor touches, which is like that they used to call yes. it. Yeah. Yep. The, where you go back and forth across the floor and the girls would be vomiting. And they would make them keep going as a punishment for losing a game. And so exercise became a punishment. And this is how we've all thought of it. It's a punishment for eating. It's a punishment for anything, really, if you're talking about sports and and PE. But we see it as this punishment. So why do we want to do that? You know, nobody's going to be motivated at six o'clock in the morning when the alarm goes off to be like, well, I get to wake up and punish myself now. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was just thinking too, it took me back to um my PE days, you know, and how competitive it is. Yes. Well, Judy, Judy's able to do 20 pull-ups. I must suck. Yes. Them. So yes. I'm not worthy. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. There's and no she, room for individuality. Yeah. No. So and, like ev- and that every body literally is different. Right. There's no Crazy. room for that. Everybody had to fit into a certain box and yeah. it is, it's just, it's, it's really, so by the time people have had years and years, decades and decades of this, they don't want to mm-hmm. exercise. They're not, yeah. they're not motivated. They might be able to yeah. get going for a little while. And then here's the thing, diet culture, when we can't control ourselves with food, when we don't want to exercise, we're told that it's a willpower problem, that it's a personal defect of ours, which is not true. Our minds and our bodies are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. So like, that's part of my biggest job is just explaining to women, like you're, you're reacting completely normally to what you've been given. And so we just need to shift the relationship. So enjoyment, we have a, a pyramid around, uh, exercise and at the base of the pyramid is enjoyment. It doesn't Mm. matter what your goal is. It doesn't matter if you want to run a marathon, if you want to get strong, if you want to, whatever you want to do, ride a hundred miles on your bike, it must be viewed through the lens of enjoyment. If you Um, don't enjoy it, you will not stick to it. And so the step one for our clients is like, think of movement, any movement, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. if you think it's not enough. We hear that all the time. Is this not, is this enough? And we're like, it doesn't matter. This is where we're starting is for you to start realizing that you like exercise again, or that you you are, you can explore it and get to find something that you enjoy. Um, and that's step one. And then we move into kind of tweaking that and and experimenting. We have different variables that we add in to help people to Mm. create an exercise experience that they love. Part of that is, um, getting in tune with their bodies, because if you're in tune with your body, you know, like when I go for a run, when I, uh, when I get back afterwards, I feel amazing. Oh, it's like, I took a magic pill. Um, (laughs) when I strength train, I feel so good, but then also, um, getting, into an external environment that you enjoy. Yes. Like, you like yep. being outside. Do you like being in a gym? Do you like dance class? Do you like being alone? And just not what you should do, but what you as an individual yes. actually like. So no one in our program has is doing anything similar to the next person in our program. They're all doing all these amazing different things. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not like a cookie cutter approach, whether that be yeah. with the foods you eat and how you choose to move your body. It's different mm-hmm. for everybody. So exactly. yeah, I mean, one thing for me, like I used to always do probably because going back to the PE days, um, <laughs> very competitive, you know, the volleyball, mm-hmm. the basketball, the track. And although I enjoyed it to some extent, the stress of it was never fun. And then now here I am 50 and I love yoga. It's not mm-hmm. super fast paced. It's not yeah. competitive. It's just me and the mat. That's yeah. it. And that's, yeah. and 
And I used to have the perspective of, well, you can't lose weight if you do yoga. You must be like on the treadmill burning a ton of calories in order to lose weight. I actually lose weight more by slowing my body down. So right. that was actually, yeah, which I know too, just it's your cortisol levels are not going up and going right. crazy if you're doing tons of stuff and some people, whatever it's, it's different for everyone, right. but this has worked for me. And I've been telling that to people too, like, just do something, figure like, who knows, maybe you like dancing, like go to a dance yes. class. Like, yeah, heck I, who knows, try yeah. um, volleyball on the beach. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. it's something and not same thing, not judging as like, okay, broccoli's broccoli and, um, yoga's yoga. Like it's not attaching anything to it with any type of goals of, I must do this. And if I don't do this and this, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. Right. Uh, Exercise like five minute walk at the, like a really slow pace is better than not doing anything. Yes. is yeah. we've got to get out. That's the, the relationship with the mind is the getting out of the all or nothing kind of state of mind and yeah. just experimenting, like be, be open and curious. Curiosity is another main philosophy of, of, of ours. Just yeah. get curious and create its creation. It's creating your own experience of exactly what you want it to look like. And it's not going to yeah. look anything like what I do or what I like. I have very specific yeah. things that I like based on my personality, my brain. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am massively ADHD. And so I need like a lot of dopamine um, in my workout. So I do like really fast paced stuff, but then I've got clients who they do yoga and that is exactly what they need. So, um, it's different for everyone. And that's the, that's the fun of it is you get to pick and you get to create. So there's, there is, we're helping our clients create this individual healthy lifestyle for them. That's going to work for them and not handing you, I, you know, am absolutely here to guide them, but they are ultimately the ones who are deciding what they want to do. Yeah. And do you find that people naturally will just lose weight in the process of the whole thing? Yeah. We we have, so what we, we have, uh, what we call our ideal body formula and our ideal body is not your perfect body. It's not societal's ideal. It is the state of your body, your, your weight when you have the healthiest relationship that you can have with food, body, mm-hmm. exercise, and mind. So that's where you will naturally end up. And so a lot of our clients are losing weight because mm. they were regulating themselves with food and emotionally eating. And they're not doing that anymore when they have a healthy relationship with food. They're not binging anymore. And so right. a lot of them, most of them end up losing weight in that process. Mm-hmm. Um, moving, you know, Consistently moving their body. It's not a fast weight loss the way the dieting is, but it is a permanent weight loss because it's sustainable. And they're not thinking about I'm losing weight. They're thinking about, I am creating this amazing life where I feel so good and I love it. And weight loss has been a side effect. Um, Some women gain weight and that is because they were unnaturally restricting. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. But then in the end, they're happier. They're happier. And I -hmm. was somebody who, um, I was holding this, my, that beach ball under the water. Like I was the restrictive person, um, obsessed (laughs) with food, obsessed with my body, obsessed with exercise and, and really like in a bad place. Um, I maintained my weight. I let go Mm -hmm. of all Mm -hmm. of that. I found balance. I found um, you know, freedom from obsession, freedom from thinking about food. I can walk into any restaurant and order exactly what I want on the menu without stressing about calories or macros or any of that stuff anymore. And so I have all of this mental freedom and I was fully prepared to gain a ton of weight, (laughs) you know, that like to me, to my disordered mind, I thought that I would, I thought that I would, I was like, of course I'm going to gain weight. I'm not being perfect. Um, but I didn't gain a pound and I've, I've mm. maintained a really healthy weight. Um, I love my life. I think that a lot of people would look at my life now and think something like, well, you're just really disciplined. Um, because that's mm. what I would have thought years yes. ago. Yeah. But yep. the fact is that I just have created this life of freedom that I really love. I love how I feel. I yep. love everything that I do. And that's what I'm trying to do with the women who are coming to us in our program. Well, like you said earlier, easy and effortless. 
Easy and effortless. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, You're not it's having not about to, discipline. yeah, it ends up becoming a subconscious way of life. Right. Because you're not having, yeah, you don't have to think about, should I eat this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I do that? And how many calories and how many steps? And oh my God. Yes. (laughs) All that stress is gone. And it's, it feels so good. I can't tell you how many times we go out to eat and I'm just like, I get to eat. Like I can eat anything that I want and it's just amazing. Yeah. But, um, but also I, I choose foods that feel good in my body most of the time. Sometimes I don't and that's fine. Um, but we are, our podcast, my husband and I, uh, it's called fitness and sushi. And the Ooh, reason I was we just about that, to ask you, I was just yeah. about to ask you about that. So fitness and sushi is the, that is so cute. Okay. It's because there's a whole story there. It's because when we were healing, um, and we were going through this process of deciding to walk away from the old business and start this new business, um, which shout out to all the women who followed us through that process. Cause Aww. we did have a good chunk who did and who have gone on this journey with us. But as we were healing and discussing these things, we would go to a sushi restaurant every Wednesday. It was like our date night. And sushi was something that I had not let myself eat. He had not let himself eat unless we were binging um, at the time. So it's significant. We allowed mm-hmm. ourselves sushi um, every week and um, came up with our philosophies over that sushi. And so that's where the name of the podcast That is came. so funny. So sushi yeah. is sushi. Sushi yeah. is just sushi. Sushi is just sushi. And it's amazing. And it's great. <laughs> and you can have it on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday. You can matter. have it any day you want. Yes. So on the podcast, you guys talk about probably fitness and sushi, emotional yeah. eating. I think the last one I was listening to earlier today was the one on uh, boredom, eating yes, while boredom you're bored. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I, I shared with you. It. I used to do that. I'd be like, huh? And I'd eat a yeah. whole you know, thing of chips. Like, did I just do like, what? I was just bored. I mean, that episode was inspired by my life. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like a thing that I still do sometimes. <laughs> You know, the whole idea of just being that we, we don't, we don't believe in forced behavior change. Um, it's, it doesn't work. Forced behavior Mm -hmm. change doesn't get down to the reason why you were doing that thing in the first place. We believe in investigation, investigating from a place of compassion and understanding and knowledge, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, if you're bored of eating, it's an indication that something's, you know, you're, you're having a need that's not being met somewhere. So you have the podcast. Do you have a program as well or yes. coaching? Okay. Yes. It's called the mentorship program, built daily mentorship oh. program. And it is um, one-on-one coaching with me as well as the group. We, I used to do those two things separately, um, yeah. coaching one-on-one or group coaching. And there's just magic in both of those things. There, there's mm-hmm. magic in being able to have one set of eyes on you and your relationship with food, somebody who's seen a million cases of this stuff and knows exactly what to look for and, and how to shift. But yep. then there's also so much magic in a group of women, like just in yes. general, anytime, yep. anything, women coming together and talking about this hard thing that we have all right. been handed mm-hmm. and how to overcome that. Every week, the women are leave inspired. They, they leave um, feeling supported, feeling like they're not alone and they're not strange. And I think that that's what we all think is that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what too, how nice that it's not focused on. So how much weight did you lose? Yeah. No, no, we don't talk about that. Yeah. I mean, think about like the whole weight watchers thing. What, what are they, do you go check in to go check your weight? Right. And it's are you going to do that for the rest of your life? You're not checking in to like <laughs> check like, yeah, how do you feel? Yeah. Or what limiting beliefs did yeah. you change? Like, no, it's just all about a number and to realize it's you're forced, not, you're, yeah. Forced behavior change. And we want to, we're not interested in forced behavior change because we know it doesn't work. We're interested in digging yeah. down and finding where, what your unmet needs are. That's really what it comes down to. We're trying, we have diet culture and we have hustle society and like the women yeah. in my programs, they're doctors, psychologists, lawyers, um, psychiatrists. Like we have a whole range of, of professional women who have been taught to hustle, 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 get meals. They're dysregulated. They are putting themselves last on their priority list. Most of them have children and they are stressed beyond belief. And so we're just encouraging them together as women. We're making it cool 
to take care of yourself yeah, together yeah, in this yeah. immersion and to self-care to is diet cool culture. dang it yeah self-care is cool and to to do that together and to encourage each other together and to see you know when you have somebody in your group who has made that decision to do it and they come back and they're like oh my god my life has changed you feel like it's safe to do that too you yeah. have all this proof around you which is amazing. Um, so I love, I love that program so much. I'm, I feel so blessed. It's, it's partially for me. Like, I don't know that I would be as healthy as I am without meeting with these women every week. It's a mirror up to my face as well as to theirs. Um, you know, sometimes I'm like, Ooh, I need to look at that in myself. That didn't yeah, feel right? very good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not doing what I just told her that she should do. Which goes <laughs> to show that like we're always evolving. We're always growing. We're changing and becoming more and more aware. We're not perfect. And that's the thing. Right. We're not trying to get to the place of perfection. No. If, if no. anything, it's the total opposite of just allowing yourself to be who you are perfectly yes. imperfect. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. We're not trying to fix anybody. You're yep. perfectly fine. We're yep. trying to fix this the messages that you've been yes. getting from society about who you're supposed to be and yep. to peel all that away and to just yes. embrace yourself and embrace I your know. body. Isn't oh. that? I mean, that's so powerful. Um, yeah. And I love too that most of the women are midlife and are mm. raising the next generation of girls. Yes. Like, God, hopefully, can we stop this? Because <laughs> <laughs> Can we break this generational trauma? Because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of us having to live up to these expectations. Yeah, I totally, ideal. totally agree. So, so how can we find you? Um, so I um have we have a, a training, we have a, a workshop um where we go through uh, how to heal your relationship with food, body, exercise, and mind, and how to ditch mm-hmm. diet culture and do those things. So I actually um did a a direct for your audience. So they can go to oh, builtdaily.com, nice. builtdaily.com slash midlife. Oh, nice. And it will take them right to the training. Um, and oh, so that'll cool. that'll go through our philosophies. It'll explain it all. It'll also mm-hmm. uh show you how to get on a call with me if you are interested mm-hmm. in healing your relationship with food, body, exercise, and mind. We can do a free call. We can talk about what that would look like for you. Um, If you just want to skip the training and go right to the call, it's (laughs) builtdaily.com slash call. So I love it. Okay. So builtdaily.com slash midlife, and that'll take them Mm -hmm. right to the, to the training. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. As soon as we get done with this interview, I'm going there. Oh, cool. (laughs) Check it out. That makes me happy. That makes and then your podcast, of course, uh, yes. fitness and sushi. So make fitness sure and sushi. My husband and I and our antics, and we uh, it's basically forty five minutes of us of him teasing me <laughs> and like giving me a hard time, <laughs> and us going back and forth on that. But yeah, uh, yeah. thank you so much. You know, thank I you. found that the the guests I've had on the show, we've all we're all like our own guinea pigs through our own mm-hmm. trauma and drama in our lives. But it's great because it means that we've had that breakdown and then we've had the breakthrough so that we could turn around. It makes it worth and, it. Yeah. It makes it worth it to be able, I mean, I am, my job is so fulfilling because I yeah. get to help people experience the freedom that I found myself that I had yeah. to scratch and claw my way through, I can somehow set the world right by helping other women not have to scratch and claw. Like I can give them an easier way through that. So it's very healing for me to be able to do that. And me too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Thank you so much, Deanna. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.